Welcome to The Truth In His Heart. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I'm in conversation with an editor and cinematographer with a degree from Micah. She co-produced Do Whatever You Want All the Time, the Baltimore music scene, 2005 to 2020. So 2020. Uh, she currently works as a senior editor and producer at a Baltimore-based production company. Please welcome Julia Galanka. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for, uh, you're, you're going to be indulging all of these, these questions and things and observations that I have. So thank you for um, accepting this invitation. Um, so I like to start off with kind of like a softball kind of, kind of question like, hey, man, tell me about growing up and, you know, um, some of those early experiences uh, with art. So before we get too deep into that, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Some of those, um, you know, like that, some of that childhood creativity and some of those early experiences you've had with maybe film or art. Yeah, um, I was always very interested in storytelling and I've always had this like very imaginative universe happening in my head so I was never really bored because there was always just something that I was coming up with um in early on in elementary school I discovered that I liked writing and I was writing like a lot of like we had a journal that we had to write a paragraph in every day and I just started writing these uh stories in it um and then at some point I just started writing about like what I was seeing. So I had all these notebooks that were like very detailed. Like I would write the date, like exactly what time it was and just like what I was looking at. So I have like, you know, I was sitting in a library and I was writing, you know, 1.17 PM, a woman in a polka dot shirt comes in and she returns two books. Um, and I guess, yeah, that was like the, fir the first time that I started like documenting anything um and then my introduction to to documentary was in fifth grade my uh my fifth grade teacher's son came into our class and talked about how he was making a documentary about the school art teacher and I don't even know if I like knew what a documentary was but I just thought it was so cool that like this person standing in front of me made a movie about another person that I know. Yeah. So I like, begged my parents to take me and we went to the premiere in like a public library in the next town over. And I was the only like kid there. Um, but I just loved it. Like it was so magical to, to see it. And I don't even know like how much I understood, but it, it was just, I just couldn't get over this thing of like oh this person made a movie and they're they're just sitting right here in front of me and the movie's about someone i know <laughs> that's that's really that's really interesting like i i think in sometimes i think when you see something that, that gets created and you're like hold on this got made i think too often we, we kind of you know we lose some of that stuff we have as like younger younger people where we're like this hold on this got made like you know, take taste out of it the sheer fact that this got made this person is right there in front of me and i i encountered it every now and again when you know doing doing podcasts or or, or, or even listening to podcasts um and i go back to um and it's, and it's a filmmaker but i go back to a time where I was listening to a lot of like Smodcast, Kevin Smith's podcast, and you know, just him reading through something from Gumtree. Um, that it, it's like an equivalent of um, Craigslist. 
And ultimately, the conversation that they had about this thing later turned into the movie Tusk. And I was just like, this is the the power of being able to have imagination and storytelling and and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm always really interested when someone has that that first experience or one of those early experiences that sticks out and, you know, maybe lays some of that foundation of why am I curious about this? Why am I curious about this this medium? Yeah, yeah. And that just being, you know, before that, movies were... <laughs> uh, before that you know movies were like yeah they were on tv and like I, there wasn't like a connection to it so having that kind of take it off the tv and make it so like an actual experience that i was having was just so different yeah and um i i do a I do a film series, like a revival series. And the first two uh, movies that I did were movies that were filmed here. And I remember distinctly like age eight going over there to old town mall, watching them film part of meteor man. And just like, there's a guy in a costume and seeing stunt work and just, you know, my, my, you know, big, just think of big kid eyes. Think of me as a child, but with big kid eyes, <laughs> just, you know, awe and wonder. And yeah, you know, and being, being able to have, being able to have that, that thing that you just don't think is accessible right there in front of you. I'm like, I was there when they filmed that, you know, and having that happen later when I was like maybe an adult and still having that same sort of energy around it. It's like, wow, this is, this is still really cool actually. <laughs> so what was, was there a specific film or, or experience that hit you in a way that you're like, all right, Enough of the shock and the surprise and awe and and, and digging this. Like, I want to make something. I want to make this particular thing. And what kind of inspires you to enter the world of like film in in the in the spot that you're in? Because you're doing a lot of the technical stuff, and you know, still a very much a filmmaker. But technical technical the technical stuff seems to be your forte, from what I was reading. Yeah, um, I started the first time that I picked up a camera to do something was for like a history class project in eighth grade. Um, and that it was, uh, it was about Vincent Van Gogh and I like filmed it with my best friend, um, on main street in Ellicott city so that it like looked like the olden times. And it was just so fun to do that. And after that, I kept like any time that there was an option to do a video project in high school, um, I was always picking that option. And then senior year, um, I took this internship uh, class where like we got to leave school an hour early and like you were paired with um, with a mentor and an internship. And I really uh, lucked out. Um, I was interning for a MICA professor, Kirsten Hollander. And she was making this documentary, Anatomy of Wings, and she was following a group of eight um, middle school girls uh, in Baltimore until they graduate from high school. Mm-hmm. And I was the same age as the um, the oldest girls at the time. Um, and it just that was just the most like amazing experience to have had then because I was going in, I was coming, I was sitting in at her documentary class at MICA. And I was going and like, I was just like a camera assistant and editing assistant on that. And before that, I didn't even think that I could pursue film in college, but having that experience and like being in that setting was just so, it just felt so cool. It felt like everything that I wanted to do. Um, 
And yeah, and that project ended up being even more impactful because I kind of got to grow as a filmmaker with it because I kept working on it for 10 years. And in the end, I was the assistant editor, but it started off with me being a senior in high school, just kind of wanting a taste of like, what, what does it mean to like make a film? Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember in, in high school having, I think I was like maybe sophomore year and I just remember because like, I, I guess I'm decent at editing. I could just sit there and just, all right, trim, trim, I'll sync this up, trim. And just people like, can you help me with my project? I'm behind. And it's like, yeah, I can, sure, I can help you. And I was like, I chose a poor, I chose a poor thing. I, I didn't want to, why did I do this? But now it's like from, from doing the, uh, I guess the audio like side of things. I, I'm just equipped to just sit there and just painstakingly go through the process of editing in those instances where I do it. But it started off in like a film class at City College back in like 2002. Like I'm spending way too much money doing this and too much time doing this. Um, yeah. So who who are some of your um, favorite filmmakers? Because I think you know, at a point we, we, we develop like taste and we have like people that just, I just like what they do. So tell me about some of your, your favorite filmmakers and maybe something that they would have made for the folks that like, I don't know who the hell it is. Maybe I want to seek them out. Yeah. I love the Coen brothers. Um, Oh brother, where is my favorite movie. And I was in love with it from the first time I saw it. Um, I, a lot of the work that I do also is music related, like filming live music videos and uh, like documenting music and musicians. So the way that the Coen brothers um, incorporate music, like music is such a huge part of the storytelling. Um, I just love how, you know, the film comes out and it has a soundtrack. And then they also put together like a concert that has, like they get all these people involved and create this whole experience around the music that's in the film. Um, so they're definitely my favorites. Um, and I also really love Les Blank, who is a documentary or was a documentary filmmaker um, who did these like portraits of musicians um, and these like glimpses into these subcultures and, like, you know, he has a film highlighting like an Appalachian fiddler. He has one about polka, da polka dancing. He did a film about garlic and he just like zeroes in on this very specific thing and just creates these like very quirky, honest glimpses into these, into these people and into these, uh, these things. So uh, and I moved this question up since, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of talking about this music related sort of thing. So, so tell me about, um, working on the documentary with, um, with Sam, I believe with the uh, good old Sam Sessa. So tell, tell me about that. Um, do whatever you want, um, all of the time, the Baltimore music scene, tell me about that experience and how everything kind of came together there. Yeah. So, um, with the production company that I work for human being, we had done a lot of work with TMD, uh, so when Sam had this idea for the film, he reached out and I was lucky to be the one to get to work <laughs> on it. Um, yeah, it, it just aligned so well with what I wanted to be doing and um, what I had been doing. And uh, Sam has referred to it as his life's work since he spent so much time like documenting the Baltimore music scene. Um, so working on it with Sam especially was just 
such a wonderful experience um, because he's so good at what he does and he's so good at telling the story of the music scene. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, we would kind of, we, and I I filmed um, not all of the interviews, but I filmed a good amount of them. And we were kind of filming these interviews and assembling the story and then filming some more and working on the story. So our process was, you know, we'd film this interview, I'd get a transcript of it, send that to Sam. And we just had like a bunch of Google Docs that were like, here's the outline, here's another one. Because the the film features so many uh, different photographers. And we just had all these like, as Sam would have these photos coming in he'd add them and we'd get all excited and like, or, you know, one of us would find a clip that we couldn't find from like 2007 and we'd like text each other like, Oh my God, I found it. We get to add this in. Um, But yeah, it was. And then it was, it was really uh, great too with, you know, Sam uh, has some narration in the film. So it was nice to kind of be able to, you know, adjust that as we needed and to kind of, yeah, to, to be filming and putting it together. And then we knew like, all right, well, we really need someone to like fill in this gap. Like, can we do it with an interview? Can Sam do it with his narration? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was really a, a dream come true project to work on because I grew up in Ellicott city and, you know, in high school, I'd be listening to, to beach house, to future islands and Dan Deacon. So <laughs> it was just so, it was just so cool to get to be the person to tell the story with Sam. That's, that's great. That's, that's really cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's good having just different parts of our culture, parts of our, um, just the artistic contributions being documented in that way. That's, that's what I think it is missing a lot of the times. And I'm all for more, 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 more of it. Let's just do it. Let's make it happen. Um, so since we were kind of talking about process a little bit, let's, let's talk about any of the projects that, that you've worked on and maybe kind of like what are what your process looks like maybe in like kind of milestones or however however you kind of like frame it maybe in milestones what have you but also what are some of the questions i think that you're you're seeking answers for within that process Mm -hmm. yeah i think i normally start off by just getting very excited or fixated on one small thing and diving into it and I'll normally just kind of like think about it for a few months and see if it still is as interesting uh, (laughs) which a lot of times it only gets more interesting um and yeah just seeing like is is this something that I'd be willing to dedicate like possibly the next few years of my life to learning about and talking about and thinking about um yeah and then as far as questions go I feel like at when I'm coming up with an idea I'm trying to think of you know what exactly do I care about Mm. is it is it a cause is it a person who's the most interesting part of it is it is it a a concept and do other people care about this are there parts of this that can be universal are there parts of this that I could link to something greater and then also like you know have I seen any films like this what what have other people made about this subject? Yeah, because I and I and I realized more and more we kind of go through having conversations and discourse and things around like just just discussions discussions around creativity. 
learn that more and more people are, and, and, and people get caught on a word, but more and more people are, are stealing, more and more people are sharing and being influenced in that way. So it is uh, prudent to have a sense of, all right, who else has done something like this? What were they talking about? What was their angle? What can I maybe take from them and make it my own? What can... Um, you know, what do I think that they didn't do as well? What do I think that they missed and things of that sort? And, you know, I always talk about it with this kind of kind of genre as it's blown up and gotten bigger and bigger. It's like there's only so many angles one could have. It's like, oh, we do a barbershop podcast or we talk about news. It's like news is the news. But how are you going to do something that's different? What podcasts were you listening to and things of that nature? And I would imagine the same thing comes to play. Like as you know, we were talking a little bit before we got started that, you know, I'm dipping a toe maybe in documentary room. I don't know. And literally when I was coming up with the notes, cause I, I think I do a lot of this kind of improvisational sort of stuff. And when it's something that feels kind of like rigid and contained, I'm like, all right, how can I marry how I go about things and accomplish things with the parameters that are there? So literally what I was thinking about, all right, just just word vomit, everything you have in your mind for this particular project. And as you look at it, what's the tone? What is the setting? What's the structure? And what is that comparative to? And that, that way I can kind of see it and it feels a little bit more tangible versus it's just like a pipe dream. It's just something that's purely up here. At least I can get it down to paper or on a screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the um, a film that is the first film that I directed, it's about Hazel Dickens, who's one of the first women to front a bluegrass band. And once I got really excited about this and then found out that someone had made a film about her, but it was 20 years earlier. So it was, it was kind of cool to like have that as like a a starting point, I guess, to think like, okay, well, 20 years is a long time. A lot has happened. She's died since then. Like what, what can I do? That'll be very different. That couldn't have been done with this film about her 20 years ago. Right. Right. And uh, you, you see, like, even people who are going really, really, like, large level, like, I start thinking of, like, like James Cameron, for instance. It's like, yeah, the technology hasn't caught up to what I want to do, so I'm just going to wait for 20 years. It's like, all right, hurry, hurry up with Avatar. Thanks. You know? <laughs> so filmmaking is laborious work. Um, so, so in that, what, what, what's that main thing that keeps you motivated? Is it, you know, I got, I got to get this story out there. I want to really extend and test myself and test my limitations or how, how far I can go in a particular, what is, what is that, that motivator for you? Um, I think some, sometimes it is just, I want to get this out, which sometimes I mean, with like nonfiction is, you know, sometimes it is time sensitive or like, you know, someone else is also interested in this. So like you want to get your idea out there. Um, but also I think having, um, like being a part of a community of filmmakers and having people who care about what you're doing and want to hear about it. And, you know, people who also care about your opinion, um, just having people around who you can have these conversations with and like people who will care about your film when no one else cares because no one else knows that you're even doing it. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, that, that's been motivating. And what are some of the challenges or, or lessons you've learned in projects that you've, you've worked on? Cause I would imagine outside of there being hard work, there are things that you're like, all right, 
this I this was maybe the first project he worked on. It's like, damn, I am terrible at time management or, you know, it's like deadlines, deadlines, deadlines. And maybe when that next project comes up, you're like I'm better at this now. So so tell me about some of those like challenges that you've encountered or, or lessons that you've kind of taken in from from projects you've worked on. Yeah, um, a, a really big one with the the Hazel Dickens film that I I didn't even I didn't even consider this until I um, I did the Saul's Dance and Innovation Fund Lab and I went I was so excited to like talk about my idea with all these mentors and the first thing that everyone asked me was well like do you know how much licensing her music will cost and I hadn't even that hadn't even like crossed my mind. And everyone was like, no, this is the most important thing. Like, how can you make this film without it? So the journey of licensing music was, I know so much about it now. And it was, it was the most stressful thing about this film for, it took me like, I think three years before I finally got it. And for a while I was trying to do it by myself. I was trying to like ask for some advice, but handle it on my own. And in the end, I ended up working with someone who does music licensing and that's, that's her life. That's what she's an expert in. And like, that is what I needed. But the whole journey of like getting to her even was just, it was just so much. And before I started, I didn't even consider that that would be like the biggest problem for the film. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, I'm into music and and so on, and then it's like, oh, I'm on my own guitar. Damn, that's had something <laughs> that I need to be mindful of that. And it's like, oh, and then now you're in a spot where you've learned so much about it that it's just like leaps and bounds. I would imagine where you're like, ah, music licensing. Did you just have to do this? Fill out this form. You're good. <laughs> I had to I had to do that um if you if you ever want to uh license music for a film I can also talk you out of it very easly how <laughs> terrible of an experience it is yeah um I I I for another podcast I was doing because that that fair use conversation is very weird and um it was, it was, you know, like Spotify and, and, and um, no, no, sorry, SoundCloud. I remember it was a song that I was using that was on SoundCloud and the licensing and the, who had the rights to it changed and all of that stuff. And eventually um, I posted an episode of that podcast on YouTube and I got the wild strike. I was like, oh no. So I reached out to the actual musician. I had to do some digging and I found, I was like, you're, you're still alive. <laughs> and I was like, can I use this? He's like, absolutely. Love, I love that you're using my music on your podcast. And I was like, all right, so I don't know how to translate this, but literally this is an email directly from the guy. So, But just the digging from something very low level and inconsequential as like a weird podcast that doesn't exist anymore to actually a film coming out. And, um, you know, that it's a lot of different, um, a lot of different parties when it comes to that sort of production, because there's so many different parts of a production. Yeah. And it it was really hard to find someone who could help me with it because if, I guess so few people go down that path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so here, here's the, the, the last real question that I have for you. Um, and it's kind of two parts. So I'm going to hit you with this part of it. Um, describe the films that you're, you're interested in watching and, um, I'll, I'll come to the second part after you kind of say your piece on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I really like anything that surprises me. Um, I really love 
films that like, I, I love watching a documentary and then having the thought come up in my mind of like, whoa, like this counts as a documentary. Like you're really like mixing a lot of genres. You're like, there's like these, you know, these scripted scenes and like, but it's still a documentary. Like I, yeah, I like, I like anything that, that, um, that's surprising in that way. Those, those hybrid uh, formats. Mm-hmm. Uh, what sorts of projects would you like to see made in Baltimore in the next like, you know, a few years or what have you. So a little bit of a re uh, rebrand of the previous version of this question. But yeah, like I, you know, whenever I talk to people, they talk about like, oh, well, The Wire. And that's pretty much it when it comes to anything. Even if it's like, yeah, The Wire made music too. It's like, no, we have more than that. It's not the only piece of pop culture contribution we have. So what sorts of like film projects do you want to see coming out of Baltimore in the next few years? Yeah, I, um, I love TT the artist Dark City. I think that the way she just got so many people together, like there's so many, like the there's musicians, there's dancers, poetry, fashion. Like she was able to showcase so many people's talents and skills and really show this art scene. Like I I love that so much. And I feel like I would love to see more of that. Just this collaboration between so many different artists and creatives who all just, you know, share share the same vision and goals and like want want people to know about it. That's that's great. That's great. We definitely need to have a little bit more of our, well, a lot more of our art uh, scenes and all of the different pockets and niches. You know, I feel like there's a whole conversation around the DIY scene. There's a deeper conversation around the club music scene, the dance scene, all of that stuff. And yeah, that was a very well done doc. And I think it's the the tip of the iceberg for so many more stories that can be coming out. Like, you know, there can be a five part series on the Why Not Lot, if you will. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, and it's so cool to also have that be a project that you kind of, you know, I, I heard about through Saul Zance and I knew about for a while and like just being able to like witness it from the early stages to being on Netflix yeah. is just really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm just waiting for Tales from the Crown. That would be amazing. Oh my gosh. Just yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. This yes. is a Blue Room episode. Um, so in the, in the last moments here, I want to hit you with some rapid fire questions. Um, don't overthink them. Don't over, this, that's my preface. Don't overthink them. Don't overthink them. They're always, they're all over the place. So I'm going to start off with a very simple one. Uh, iPhone or Samsung? What kind of phone you got? iPhone. iPhone. Okay. okay. An old one. An 8. Oh wow! I'm I'm on like twelve, I think, or thirteen. Huh? Oof, oof. I mean, I just upgraded, so I don't, you know, it's just, you'll, you'll you'll come around. This is fine. Um, are you an optimist or a realist? Both <laughs> can both be an option. Sure. <laughs> um, summer or winter, and uh, so I'm thinking of extremes, right? But uh, for work. And for for play, which one do you prefer for work, and which one do you prefer for play? I I might uh, summer for play, and then I think I I can handle winter for work. I finally have like got the right clothes to not be <laughs> cold outside. <laughs> okay, I, I I did some my, my scenes were scrapped, but I was I did some scenes for We Own the City, and it was supposed to be like set in 
whenever the scene I was in, so it was set in the uh, the fall. We filmed it during the summer, so we're like wearing hoodies. I'm like, look, are you going to digitally remove the sweat because I am sweating my ass off here? So it's kind of one of those things. It's like being very mindful of when you're doing your work and what's those uh, what's those settings like. Favorite number. And why is it your favorite number? Because I realize that people actually have a favorite number. It's like, you know, some people are like, look, I'm playing a lottery. This is the number I play or this number always pops up in my um, password. What, do you have a favorite number and what is it? Yes. Three is my favorite number. Nine is my second favorite number. It's three, three times. Um, I don't know. And like early on in elementary school, I just really selected three and nine and I've stuck with it since some numerologist person is listening and losing their mind currently. <laughs> I know they could probably tell me something about myself. <laughs> I, I remember uh, I had a buddy who um, he was really into numerology and he gave me one of his books. I have it in the studio right now. And I remember I was interested in like asking this uh, young lady out and he did the numerology on her. He's like, yes, yeah, a lot of sevens in there, man. I don't know. Enter at your own risk. I was like, wow, wow. I was like, why are you doing this? <laughs> Um, this is the last one I got for you. Um, and this kind of, I think, brings everything home. What is that number one piece of advice you would share with a filmmaker going early in their career when they're seeking funding, when they're going into something like the Saul Zanks uh, Innovation Fund? Tell me something about it. Tell me, tell me that. What piece of advice you would want to share with a young filmmaker? Um, I think to to reach out to people, whether it's someone who you think would be really like, oh, it'd be so cool to interview this person or wow, this person's doing stuff I want to do. I think just reaching out to people because it's pretty surprising who is very receptive to it and who responds and who is just down to help you or down to be interviewed by you. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, nice, succinct, and it's it makes sense. So shout out to you on that. Um, and, and with that being said, um, I want to thank you for being on this podcast. Thank you so much. And um, to only invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check you out, some of your work, website, social media, all of that good stuff. The floor is yours. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm honored to be part of this. Um, and my website is my name, juliagalanka.com. And there's a little section there about do whatever you want all the time and one about the uh, film about Hazel Dickens. And yeah, I'm so happy to be part of this. Thank you. So there you have it, folks. I want to thank again Julia Galanka for coming on to the podcast. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there are filmmakers in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for them.